0: Yo, 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 what's up, all you burner, stoners, and potheads out there? This is Weedman420 with the Weedman 420 Chronicles. How are all you vipers doing out there? Mrs. Weedman.
1: Mr. Weedman.
0: How the hell are you?
1: Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Fabulous. Love it. Wonderful. Love it. Phenomenal. Love it, love it, love it. Hey, everybody out there in the world. I hope you had a great holiday weekend. Hope everybody's recovering going into this next weekend. So hopefully everyone's doing fine. Hopefully everyone's staying safe out there. Uh, I know COVID's running rampant around the world. Hopefully you're all protecting yourselves and being safe. And I know I drink warm lemon water every morning. Uh, Read about it. It's got great benefits. Trust me when I tell you, warm lemon water.
1: We've also taken vitamin D on the daily. Any day that we're not spending time out in the sunshine, we've been taking vitamin D. And ironically, I have seen... uh, One of the local university hospitals here is actually, like, petitioning, even though the vaccine is out, they're still petitioning for people to be part of a study on vitamin D and COVID. So I think there is some relevance in it helping. I'm not saying it's a cure, but it doesn't hurt to take it. It's a vitamin. So... Yep. there's a, there's our uh, public service announcement yeah, for the day. Yeah. We're not experts. <laughs> we are not that, experts, but
0: we've read a lot and we've tried to keep our immunity system as high as high as high as possible. Throwing all healthy this.
1: options are never hurtful. Yes, never
0: hurtful. Well, so maybe sometimes. Quit. Well, we got back from Seattle. Yeah, from visiting the kiddos and the and the grand dog and the grand cat, <laughs> and we had a great time out there. Our our, our way home was almost annihilated. Uh, it's really weird. Seattle doesn't plow their streets.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it was weird. The city
1: just literally tells people to stay home when they yeah. get substantial coming snow. F-
0: coming from Chicago, where the streets are plowed every second as soon as you get one inch of snow, it was very weird. But we got to the airport and we got home. But not so-
1: only do they not plow side streets, which is understandable because it's very hilly, it's mountainous, it's you know, treacherous. I get it, like if those big snow plows can't make it up and down side streets, but they don't even plow the highway. Or the airport. The only thing at the airport that was plowed was the physical, actual runway. Yeah, that was it. Not any it bit of the airport plowed. leading up to the runway. the runway. It was it's crazy. bizarre. But we had a great trip. <laughs> it was great.
0: And we got home fine. Yeah. And we had a great experience at a dispensary we went to, a different one this time, called Dockside Cannabis. And uh, we met this store manager, Dave uh, Wendling, really nice guy. And Mrs. Weedman had a chance to talk to him because she was asking questions. You want to tell a little bit of the story?
1: Like well, think on our last episode maybe one before I talked about um, you know kind of knowing and and seeking your sources you know now when you go grocery shopping you have the option of uh, eco-friendly foods or companies and you've got the option of organic foods and all sorts of options to try to purchase products that are better for our environment and better for us as humans well carry that over into your cannabis consumption. Ask your dispensaries, who who's creating this? What are they doing? How do they grow their product? So I just simply asked, hey, we are in the Pacific Northwest. Nature is beautiful here. Do you have any outdoor grown, like just naturally grown cannabis? And he had three products that were grown outdoors. He said, well, I've got some varieties. He said, I've got uh, one that's kind of greenhouse grown but natural sunlight they use some sort of draping system so they can shut off the sunlight when they need to to kind of control their grow he said i've got another one and they do what they consider a hoop grow so it's kind of like a big hoop of wall and so the plants are within this hoop but the top is open they don't control anything uh, other than keeping the wind off of the plants from what i understood and then he had this brand called lazy Bee and lazy Bee gardens um is in the oh, with, Withal, elm Valley, something like that, in uh, Washington. And apparently it's like the equivalent of
0: Napa, s- valley. of Napa
1: Valley for growing wine. So it's like the best growing conditions for cannabis. So I'm like, ooh, direct me to that. So we were able to buy some pre-rolls from this Lazy Bee Gardens and then did a little more research on them when we came home. Packaging is super, super informative. Mr. Weedman's going to talk about it a little bit. But the product is great. It's clean. They uh, make a lot of effort to give you a good, pure... Weren't
0: they certified in something? They're
1: certified, like, uh, what is it, organic or clean green certified. So they, they just grow without pesticides. It's just a con- like natural but controlled growing um, to give you a really clean, good, solid product. So, yeah. We smoked, pretty cool.
0: We smoked uh, one of the joints uh, yesterday, and it was Slurricane, and... Phenomenal, phenomenal indica hybrid. I mean, it It was very, very really nice. nice. Yeah, but yeah. tonight we are going to smoke Miracle Alien Cookies, which is Alien Cookies, Colombian and Starfighter. Uh, it's a hybrid, a straight-up hybrid. Uh, and the cannabinoids is 23%. Total terpenes is 1%. Active THC is 19%. CBD is 0.03%. CBG, 1.64%. And CBC point zero six percent i like that i'm seeing a lot of different cannabinoids in 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 this flower and uh, and in the uh, slurricane too it was great and the terpene profile they have one two three four five six seven different terpenes in there the main one is they need to make on the packaging though, i, I wanted to make one suggestion on your packaging is you need to make the terpene chart, uh like the chart the chart the names bigger And I have good eyesight, and I can't even see this, and I have 20-20 vision, but they have a wide range of terpenes on here, And I'm looking forward to smoking this Miracle Alien Cookies from Lazy Bee Gardens. And like I said, the slur cane was dope. And we're going to smoke this joint. Light it up, Mrs. Weedman. Let's smoke, 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 smoke.
1: So I challenge you, next time you go to your dispensary, it doesn't necessarily, maybe you're in a state that they can't physically grow outdoors, but there could still be a really environmentally friendly indoor grower. I think, I've got to look it up, but I think when we were reading about them, they also, no, that was one of the other... Sorry, I'm not even going to go there. But one of the other growers was an outdoor grower, but they used some sort of like a bucket container system for their growing. That was not Lazy B, though.
0: No, yeah. it's good but though. Like that, yeah. like that miracle alien cookies up, and let's have some miracles happen. I guess during oh. this show. Wow, that's a big <laughs> statement. So, well, Mrs. Weedman lights that joint up, and almost burnt your nose on it. <laughs> yeah. so I'm not the well, only on fire one. Over here. <laughs> <laughs> That'd been a good one. Your nose hairs and nostrils would have been burned. <laughs> <laughs> Is it two
1: hitter, three hitter, one hitter? Take it, take two. Think it's strong. How much it's puff, THC? Pu- what
0: you what you always say at the end? Puff, puff, pass. It's Oof. a twenty. It's nineteen percent THC, and the rest are all the other cannabinoids. Take two. It smells delicious. Well, I'm Taking gonna hit this, two, passing it along, and Mrs. Weeman's gonna talk a little bit.
1: Oh, that second hit was wimpy. I'm gonna have to take another. Yeah.
0: So Seattle was
1: a great time. We have some good information for you guys tonight. We've got news from around the world from Mr. Weedman. I've got some good articles to cover. And I was just noticing on television, uh, there have been a lot of commercials this week, maybe because the New Year is right around the corner, a lot of commercials talking about addiction and recovery and recovery centers and their programs. So it is that time of year where people start thinking about how they want to live their life better, in the coming year. It's right around the corner. Um, so that was pretty cool. There was actually a commercial also for the, that was not, I would not say in support of the opioid epidemic, but in correlation to the opioid epidemic, it was a commercial from the Illinois Department of Health. Uh, they have like a hotline now for people with opioid and they didn't call it addiction, but opioid like uh, needs or something like that the way that they termed it but um we all know that that's a problem out there so yeah yeah Ready i don't know where i was going with that i guess i'm already high
0: yeah but you got you got you're gonna be talking as about. i'm
1: talking about addiction and recovery <laughs> 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 sorry <laughs> <sighs> oh, sorry
0: well let's start the show as you take your third hit <laughs> it's that second be, one was lame. Are you be, having more? Uh, no, I'm good for this moment. We <laughs> haven't, tasty. We haven't smoked this strain yet, so I want to give it a minute and see how I feel, and then oh. I might smoke some more.
1: I wasn't that smart.
0: So, Cannabis biomass. Transforming raw material into a liquid gold. The, the word's been... I've been hearing this word a lot lately, biomass, and I know what it is, but I wanted to learn more, so I did some research, found some good articles. So I found this one article that really breaks it down for you, and we should all know what biomass is because that's what a lot of your products are coming from. So let's go. Hemp and cannabis have kickstarted a green revolution where a single plant can provide many sustainable uses, from the live resin vape cartridges to the soothing cannabis topicals you use to relieve minor aches and pains. The product's lifestyle begins on the farm. After months of careful plant care, the crop is ready to be smoked, vaped, or infused. Cannabis and hemp biomass is the source of nearly every product found in today's dispensaries. Cannabis buds, stalks, stems, and seeds can be used for more than just getting high. As long as producers have the right processing capabilities and drive, they can transform nearly every part of the plant's components into profit. It all starts with the biomass. So what is biomass? Generally, biomass refers to the stalks, stems, and leaves of the plant. While not common, some refer to it as dried herb in bulk as biomass, too. The high trichome organic matter known as cannabis as its cannabis buds supports the flower and premium extract market. The leftover plant material doesn't have as much trichome density as the buds, but can be transformed into a number of functional and sustainable products, which we've talked a lot on the show about the products, everything you can use with cannabis. Besides accounting for high grade or low grade biomass, producers must choose between hemp and it says here marijuana biomass. Cannabis is the only source of THC. While hemp biomass is used to extract CBD, known to modulate the effects of THC as well as relieve pain, inflammation, and anxiety, hemp biomass contains traced amounts of THC which won't cause intoxication. Traditionally, each component of the hemp plant is dried separately or together. After drying, they are combined and shredded for easier packaging. Once packaged, a kilo of hemp biomass is sold in bulk. High quality biomass can contain up to 5-50% to cannabinoids and terpenes by weight. Ideally, a representative sample of the biomass is analytically tested for contaminants. Farmers will usually send a sample to the third-party laboratory for evaluation. Apart from cannabinoid and terpene analysis, testing evaluates the biomass for pesticides, heavy metals, and microbials. Testing throughout the supply chain ensures the biomass is of the highest order. How to use biomass. Dried herb biomass can be dried and cured to be sold as flour, eights, grams, ounces, or pre-rolls. Cannabis extraction can produce a concentrated extract containing varying levels of cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, and other essential oils. To preserve its native terpenes, cannabis flower buds are flash-frozen after harvest. The resin can be extracted to make a variety of flavorful extracts for the premium consumer. Hemp biomass, stalks, seeds, and stems, has shown great promise as an alternative source for many industrial goods. In light of the climate catastrophe that awaits us if sustainability isn't top of mind, Hemp biofuel in the form of biodiesel and ethanol can be game-changing. Biodiesel is made by pressing the hemp seeds to extract the oils and fats in additional refining process. Hemp can also be fermented to make ethanol another biofuel. In some cases, the cannabis waste produced throughout the harvesting, drying, and curing process is hand-sorted and mulched and can be used as soil amendment. When most of the hemp and cannabis waste is being burned or buried, recycling these materials can yield promising bioproducts. Hemp biomass and waste can produce a wide range of products, from animal bedding to hempcrete and more. When harvesting hemp, plants are cut and allowed to dry for a few days or weeks. Redding is a process that uses moisture and microbes to break down the pectin that binds the hemp stem together. Redding can be performed in a number of ways. Field redding involves letting the hemp plants naturally decompose for a few weeks. Water redding involves immersing the hemp plants in water. In some cases, enzymes are used to break down the hemp plants. Redding makes it easier to mechanically or chemically separate the outer shell from the woody core, the herd. Uh, A decorticator is a machine used to separate the outer shell from the herd from wet or dry hemp. After removing the herd processors decontaminate degum whiten and soften the material. Extracted biomass can support a large bioproduct economy, especially for the construction industry. Hempcrete, which Mrs. Weedman has talked about a few times on the show, in particular, is a hemp-based concrete used as an alternative to traditional building materials. Fiberboard hemp plywood is a popular alternative for plywood, while the hemp fiber can be used for insulation or to make papers and plastics. Hemp seeds can be can make Hemp seed oil, while it, its herd can help make hemp rolling papers. halt hemp seeds, nuts are nutritionally rich food products, and hemp seed can be used for bird food. I actually eat hemp seed also, and I give it to our birds. Uh, it's really good. Its cellulose has the potential in cannabis packaging, while the lipids, fats, and waxes can be used to make hemp plant topicals. New technology and process techniques are helping producers use every last inch of hemp biomass. Hemp biomass for CBD isolates. Hemp biomass consisting of high-quality hemp flower buds mainly is the precursor to one of the wellness's consumer's favorite products. CBD isolate containing up to 99.9% CBD come in a crystal or powder form that can be vaporized, ingested, or consumed sublingually. As an odorless, tasteless, and non-intoxicating product, CBD isolates are versatile products and can provide relief for a number of medical conditions. Ideally, the hemp is sourced from a local farm and processed using a closed-loop extraction system. The initial extraction process results in a crude hemp extract. The crude extract contains cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, lipids, waxes, and other nutrients. Through winterization, the excess plant waxes and fatty lipids are removed. Afterwards, the crude hemp extract is decarboxy- decarbed, boxylated, to convert its acidic CBDa. Don't forget the A stands for acid. Compound and it's primary and active CBD compound. The decarbed oil undergoes a fractional distillation process to remove the chlorophyll, terpenes, and other compounds besides CBD. Further refinement happens via a, a, a preparative chromograph process. The process separates the cannabinoids by putting them through various chemicals at different speeds. After the chromograph... The CBD concentrate is mixed with a non-polar solvent in a reactor. The mixture is heated and cooled to participate out only CBD in a crystal form. The CBD is washed with the same solvent to remove the residual contaminants, then is placed in a vacuum oven for about 40 hours to remove the solvent. CBD isolates are an effective product for those who don't want THC in their system. Fresh frozen biomass for live resin, which we've talked about live resin on the show already. Live resin represents the connoisseur segment's primary choice of extract. Live resin differs from isolates in terms of the cannabinoid and terpene content. Unlike isolates, which have no THC, live resin does, and plenty of it. Let me take a sip of water, everyone. Getting a little cotton mouth.
1: I think you're pretty high.
0: I'm pretty high, but I'm reading pretty well. Live <laughs> resins, use of a fresh, frozen, dried herb, captures the plant's natural and active ingredients without the risk of de- de- degradation. Can you pronounce that for me, Mrs. Weedman?
1: Degradation. Thank
0: you. Degradation. Traditionally, curing and drying process can degrade the original aroma, flavor, and potency. Hydrocarbons are the. Degradation. Can- Thanks. Hydrocarbons. 간- degradation. D- <laughs> You're stoned. <laughs> You're
1: <laughs> Degr- degr-ga- degr-ga- you said it right the first time. Because once
0: I pronounced it, after you pronounced it, we got it right. Hydrocarbons are the cannabis industry's go-to solvent due to their relatively low boiling points compared to the other solvents used for commercial processing. Fresh frozen cannabis buds already captured the strange, unique bouquet of scents and its psychoactive THC. BHO extraction equipment uses chilled solvent to Uh, Delicately separate the material's most therapeutic compounds. After the initial separation process, the resulting crude oil is placed in the vacuum chamber. Under low temperatures, the residual solvent is evaporated, leaving behind a golden and sugary extract with a high terpene and cannabinoid content. Live resin requires the highest quality biomass possible to ensure the final product has high levels of terpenes and cannabinoids. The Future of Biomass Waste Every part of the plant, including its soil, has a potential alternative use. In an industry with a, mon- uh, a monstrosis waste disposal problem, sustainable cultivation sourcing and processing of biomass is a win-win for producers and the environment. Unfortunately, some states have regulations that prevent companies from selling its waste byproducts. Yeah, we've read about that before. It's That's so shitty hemp fibers pulp seed wax seed wax and fats represent a tremendous business opportunity for operators with the proper infrastructure and processing capabilities dried herb can support the cannabis derivatives market and its waste can make everything from hempcrete for construction industry to cardboard for cannabis packaging remember everybody cannabis packaging is an issue right now and because it's a lot of plastic plastic made from uh, uh basically gasoline oil so this is coming from a plant. It it can it's biodegradable. It's easy to break down and and reusable. So we need to we need to understand that cannabis and hemp biomass quality is of supreme importance for producers and consumers. From seed to oil, the plant supply chain must ensure quality is never compromised. Remember that it's all about making sure your plant is great. So I hope that it helps everybody out there with biomass. And I learned a lot on that article and a few other articles I read about it too. So. We just talked about opioid recovery a few minutes ago. You were talking about it, seen a lot of commercials mm-hmm. about it. How can people recover from from opioid abuse?
1: Well, uh, we've got an article about how using cannabis can be effective in opioid recovery. Uh, the best way to determine whether or not cannabis can play a role in helping patients overcome opioid addiction is by continuing to closely study the relationship between the two. The devastation the opioid crisis has wrought upon communities throughout the country, especially throughout the pandemic, is immense. Deaths from <laughs>
0: <laughs> sorry, everybody, I took a hit and I'm coughing,
1: choking. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna be baked. <laughs> the devastation the opioid crisis has wrought upon communities throughout the community, the country. We are really high because we cannot read tonight,
0: and I smoked more too. Oh,
1: frick. Uh, especially throughout the pandemic, is immense. Deaths from opioid overdoses amassed the threshold of ninety-three thousand in in twenty twenty alone. That's
0: twenty twenty alone. Alone. What we learned on Dopesick, what was like from like ninety-seven to like
1: four hundred thousand. That was up to like, to like, like two, that was up to two
0: thousand and seven. Yeah, four hundred thousand. Just think from two thousand seven to now, ninety thousand more Jeez. just in one year. Yeah,
1: and relief is nowhere in sight. That's why now, more than ever, governing bodies and the medical community—so like that commercial I saw earlier tonight was the Health Department of uh, Illinois—benefit from pulling all the stops to get a handle on the situation. Part of leaving no stone unturned in the fight against opioid addiction is studying the effects cannabis can have on people currently dealing with an addiction to opioids— Fortunately, recent moves have been made by the Biden administration, uh, making research in cannabis easier than it has ever been, since research on the impact of cannabis and opioid addiction recovery is limited. Uh, Here are a few things research has already concluded about cannabis and opioid addiction. It helps ease those symptoms of withdrawal. The journey of opioid recovery is intimidating to a lot of people currently in the throes of opioid addiction because of how daunting withdrawal can be. The long process of overcoming an addiction to opioids can consist of a variety of undesirable side effects, including anxiety, nausea, chronic pain, insomnia, and chronic pain. So they doubled up on that one. That must be the worst, right? Uh, fortunately for people undergoing the process of opioid withdrawal, cannabis has shown evidence of being an adequate resource in helping patients to overcome the symptoms. Even though research on the relationship between cannabis and opioid withdrawal synd- syndrome is still in the early phases, the results are so far are encouraging. So, using cannabis can also help reduce or eliminate cravings for opioids. Having a thirst or craving for any kind of opioid can become a serious burden. That's especially the case for addictive substances like alcohol, nicotine, and caffeine. When that constant hankering is for opioids instead of something like coffee, it's crucial to have a resource that helps eliminate the craving. That's exactly where cannabis can become a resource of people currently in the process of opioid withdrawal. According to a recent study, researchers found that subjects who used cannabis daily were less likely than those who used cannabis only on occasion. Uh, Additionally, a New Mexico doctor studied the effects that cannabis had on their patients and came to the conclusion that it actually helped 25% of their patients overcome opioids. The promise for cannabis as a resource to help people overcoming opioid addiction is clear, but more research is the key to understanding its full potential. Uh, It also has the potential to offset the negative impact of opioids. Uh, Aside from how addictive opioids are is the fact that they can be overwhelmingly detrimental to your health over a period of extended use. Some of the side effects that come with extended opioid use include problems fulfilling work or school obligations, giving up hobbies, and avoiding your loved ones. Given the effects that cannabis has on patients who are in the process of overcoming their opioid addiction, such as reducing opioid cravings, it's within the realm of possibility that it could be instrumental in helping patients regain their lives before opioids enter the picture. The best way to determine whether or not cannabis can play a role in helping patients overcome opioid addiction is by continuing to closely study the relationship between the two. So hopefully that continues.
0: Yeah, let's hope 90,000 people just in 2020 alone is just, just yeah. so bad. So, And how many it's taken lives of and just, just crazy. So. Yeah. The heavy metals you don't want with your weed. Now, we've uh, the last episode I talked about an article that came out of the Sun Times uh, about uh, dangerous contaminants that they're finding in weed and and being moved along and stuff like that. So, but this is about heavy metals, and we know that cannabis has the ability to soak up to- toxins from the soil, uh, which making that cannabis dangerous. From a new study from uh, Penn State, and cannabis plants have an inherent ability to absorb heavy metals from the soil, making them. Useful for remediating contaminated sites, but this ability to soak up toxic metals may also make cannabis dangerous for consumers who ingest it. A new analyst, led by, like I said, Penn State, examines the ability of cannabis plants to absorb heavy metals and discusses the resulting health impacts to consumers. Uh, the team proposes a blueprint of strategies for growers to alleviate metal uh, heavy metal uptake by their crops. Heavy metals such as lead are known as to be carcinogenic, said Lewis. Uh, Ben assistant research professor of plant science at Penn State, who noted that consumers can unknowingly be exposed to the toxic metals, which he called particularly problematic for cancer patients who use medical cannabis to treat nausea and pain associated with their treatments. Heavy metals can cause cancer and uh, neurological issues. The problem is if we use the strains that were developed for phyto... Mediation to remove pollutants from soil, water, or air We may unknowingly expose consumers to heavy metals He said The team found that heavy metal contamination in cannabis Can cause various health problems Due to the fact that heavy metal uh, metals accumulate In specific areas of the human body And cause cancer and neurological issues They also noted that heavy metals such as lead, uh, cadmium, and chromium Are capable of being transported and distributed Through the stalk and into the leaves and flower of the plant These heavy metals... Then exit the plant through trichomes, which are the hair-like structures located on the flowers. Their their results were published uh, recently on uh, of toxin reviews. Trichomes uh, are important because they store the CBD oil and THC uh, that are desired by consumers. This led to us to question if these heavy metals are at the level of the trichome, which can uh, what can they do to people? He said, who added that cannabis consumed and combustive form represent the greatest danger to human health as uh, analysis of heavy metals in the smoke of cannabis uh, revealed in presence of heavy metals such as selenium, mercury, cadmium, lead, chromium, nickel and arsenic. The report uh, authors argue that the application of agricultural best practices such as avoiding abandoned industrial sites and conducting a soil pH test can mitigate heavy metal contamination because pH can impact the quantity of heavy metals the plant Absorbs, so some good stuff there by Penn State, and they're doing some more research. But yeah, you also like I've always said, you gotta make sure you're asking to see the reports and 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 where and knowing where you're you're buying your stuff from, but also knowing you know the growers that you that you're you can research them. You know, so do your do your due diligence and uh, make sure you're getting the proper cannabis for you, and it's not full of toxins and heavy metals and and all the garbage that we don't want. So. Don't get me wrong, cannabis could be used to clean soil and 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 but they need to take that and dispose of it properly uh and make hemp concrete out of it and all that kind of stuff. And it can clean the soil out, but also it's not for us to consume. So remember that. I smoked with my parents. You did? I smoked with my pops yeah. a couple times. Yeah, you did. We gave edibles to my mom. Oh yeah. We I smoked with your dad. Yeah, I did not. I still haven't gotten your mom to smoke. We, we, we got the
1: conversation flowing. Yeah. We we're like on the cusp of it. Trying.
0: And I think she would be better with an edible. I think first. she'd be
1: yeah, oh, she's not going to smoke, yeah. but she'll consume. Yeah. She was so open to it.
0: I would I, I yeah. want to. So uh-huh. what is like the, the etiquette of of like like smoking with your parents or yeah. unspoken etiquette or, or what is it?
1: It is unspoken etiquette of using cannabis with your parents. That's my article that I'm going to read through here. I'm going to struggle through. Um, actually, we are parents, and our kids are young adults, and I still find it weird smoking with them sometimes, but when we were just out there in Seattle visiting with them, we ate edibles almost every day, and we went to the the dispensary with them, and they bought weed too. So it's become obviously a pretty comfortable uh, scenario. It has been for
0: me with them yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. I know you still feel weird about it, but yeah. but you do it anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't feel that weird about it. Yeah, but neither of them really love cannabis. They just haven't found their groove with cannabis or a need for it, so they're not they're not daily consumers. They're more social smokers. Yeah, and there's not much socializing happening right now with 2020 and COVID. So anyway, uh, here we go. Uh, If the pandemic has shown us one thing, it's that mom and dad ain't all that bad. But what if you want to smoke weed? You may feel awkward just thinking about asking your parents to light up, but if you can get past the initial cringe, you might just be rewarded. Search the term Smoke Weed With Parents on Twitter or Reddit, and you'll find a string of mostly ecstatic reviews claiming smoking weed with their family members can be a deeply bonding experience as well as a fun time. Of course, you have to do it right. In the cannabis world, there are unspoken rules for almost every occasion, even smoking with mom and dad. There's a way to make it cringy and a way to make it fun. Fortunately, we've got everything you need to be sure it's the latter. Here we have the unspoken etiquette of smoking cannabis with your parents. Rule number one, always communicate. We get that talking to your parents about cannabis is easier said than done, but if you're going to do it, pick a time when they're not stressed or busy, then remain cool, calm, and collected when you pop the questions. Try saying something like, Hey, so you probably know that I enjoy smoking weed. Would you have any interest in smoking weed with me sometime? If your parent says no, don't sweat it. You could always revisit the topic down the road or find another family member to smoke with. Rule number two. Consume high-quality products. If your parents have agreed to get high with you, you want to provide them with the best products available to avoid a bad trip. And yes, this means you probably shouldn't give them the sketchy weed you got from your friend who deals on the side. But if you have a stash of cannabis you got from a local dispensary, go ahead and show it to them. If you don't have a pre-made stash for them to pick from, go to a licensed dispensary together. You can explore different cannabis products such as a joint buds, vapes, edibles, tinctures, and once you pick your method of getting high, you can look at different cannabis strains and decide what fits the mood best. Rule number three, be prepared for anything. Before your parental weed experience, you'll need to do some prep. First, make sure you have enough weed to go around and snacks for the inevitable munchies. Second, Have something to do before it kicks in, especially if you're using edibles. Have some games to play, movies to watch, or topics of conversation at the ready. You can also take that time to have dinner, and then, of course, dive into a bag of Doritos later.
0: You, Doritos. Mm -hmm. Plenty of candy, too. Candy, candy.
1: Rule number five, safety first. If you don't all live in the same place, make arrangements for the end of the night. For example, if your parents come to your place, you could set them up in the guest bedroom or order them an uber at the end of the night or if one parent doesn't want to smoke they can be the designated driver so why not smoking weed with your parents may be the most uncomfortable thing you've ever done but it could also be extraordinary you may find a whole new family favorite activity or have that heart to heart you've been craving with them you never know unless you try
0: Smoke weed every day with your parents. It'll change. (laughs) I don't know about every day. Every day. Every day, smoke weed with your parents. Get to doing it
1: once. And then if you get to do it once, then maybe. And if they like
0: it, you're smoking weed every day with your parents. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Maybe they even might start buying for you too. (laughs) You know, why not? Your parents probably did smoke in college. They might even smoke now and you don't even know about it. So you never know. You never know. Nope. Iowa Democrats announced a plan to let voters decide on cannabis legalization amid GOP resistance. Uh, Iowa Democrats are done waiting for GOP-controlled legislators to act on cannabis reform. So uh, last Tuesday, a group of legislators announced that they will soon be introducing a constitutional amendment to let voters decide on the issue of regulating cannabis. Our friend out there in Iowa, this one's for you, in a way similar to the way we, they regulate alcohol by Iowans over the age of 21. Good for them. Do it, Iowa. Let's go. Michigan judges uh, judge Nix's request to reinstate recall of contaminated cannabis. We talked about this on a couple episodes ago about uh, the contaminated cannabis that was that happened and it was like sixty four thousand pounds. So the ruling comes weeks after the agency's massive November seventeenth recall, which was then partially lifted by Court of Claims Judge Christopher Murray on December third. After some of the product was re, was uh, retested, partially lifting the recall meant that roughly seventy five percent of the contaminated cannabis went back on the market. Oof. In uh, its December 16 motion, the judge to reconsider the can, uh, the marijuana regulatory agency, the MRA, argued the judge's ruling required the agency to release some of the cannabis that failed testing and that potentially harmful cannabis could be sold without consumers' knowledge. Great, Michigan. Uh, so don't forget it was 64,000 pounds, $203 million, and it was in 403 retailers. After the first recall, uh, the Veritas filed a lawsuit against the MRA claiming the product's recall was unjustified, prejudiced and retaliatory against its labs. State regulators started watching Veritas after it was allegedly reporting higher than average TNC potency in the results. So, man, I hope no one gets fucking sick. So, uh, Michigan cannabis sales though increased increase 66% in November to 153 million. Crazy, crazy. Uh, caregivers and home growers remember that. That m- hundreds of millions of dollars 31 million in, in medical and 121 120 almost 121 million in adult use so come on uh maine fights to keep medical cannabis uh, residency rule uh that's great for for maine to do this they don't want out of state companies coming in and taking over the market like you see in some states where it's just all mso's they want to keep it in-house to Privately owned businesses, mom and pop shops, which I think is great. And there's some companies out there fighting it, which is kind of a bummer. But Maine, stick to your guns on that one. Top Rhode Island lawmaker expects cannabis legalization bill to pass overwhelming by February. Hell yeah. Rhode Island's House Speaker says lawmakers are very close to introducing a, uh, a bill negotiated uh, cannabis legalization bill. At the top Senate leaders saying he's optimistic that it will pass overwhelmingly in both chambers when it comes up for a vote in early 2022. All right, Rhode Island, go for it, baby. Uh, Rand Paul mocks Democrats for failing to pass cannabis banking An annual festivious grievances list uh, He's beating them up because uh, he's saying that they have the Presidency, the House, and the Senate And they still can't get banking done And they have a bill that's been passed like five times In the uh, the Moore Act And and it just still can't do it And the banking thing is a big issue right now So, And he's mocking them But just uh, come together all of you guys And get some of this shit done uh, Mississippi lawmaker's position to override governor if he vetoes medical cannabis bill, says GOP senator. Uh, the, the governor wants to lower uh, how much uh, you can buy and uh, uh, at one time, and he wants to, like, position it that way. And so the senators right now are fighting that. So we'll see what happens. Come on, Mississippi. Pair of cops booked after being caught smoking pot in Mississippi. They were just they just got done with their uh, <laughs> their schooling too, and they were in a park, Shit. and they got caught smoking. in uniform. No, they were oh, out. In, they were okay. off duty. So this is my my thing about this. They were off duty. They're off duty, but still illegal. It's federally illegal, so cops can't smoke it. And some in Mississippi, it's not fully legal in Mississippi yet. So these cops uh, are in, are in trouble for smoking hmm. weed after work, not in uniform, but they did have a gun on them. Oh, but they were off duty cops. So kind of sucks. Because I, I believe if you're off work, no matter what profession you're in, as long as you're not on call, or like a doctor where you have to go to the hospital, and if you're on call that day or that evening, I think you should be able to smoke cannabis. If you're able to drink alcohol and smoke tobacco, you should be able to use cannabis. So I feel bad for those two cops. I'm not going to mention their names or anything like that. But With a
1: concealed carry, are you allowed to drink alcohol? Uh, yes. Oh.
0: So that just felt bad for those two officers. So and they just got on the force. So come on, man. So Indiana uh, GOP lawmakers to file a cannabis legalization bill as as Democrats step up the reform push. Here's the thing, though, about that. And I'm glad that I'm glad that they're 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 trying to get the, the the reform push going on. But the governor, as of today, I've read an article saying that he will not sign any bill or put any bill into law until it is federally legal. And then he said he will be opt to making cannabis legal in, 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 in Indiana. Hmm. So it's fucked up there, but come on, man. Put it to a vote, Governor. Let's see what happens. Illinois collects nearly $100 million more from cannabis tax revenue than alcohol in 2021. Over $100 million more than alcohol. Jesus. And it's, uh, the crazy thing about it is is we only have 108 dispensaries in Illinois. Yeah. And... There's not a you know it's I mean I know there's a lot of people and I know there's a lot of people that buy cannabis and there's a lot of out of state sales we've we've said the sales so many times but to beat alcohol which there's a fucking liquor store and a bar in every corner
1: yeah crazy
0: nuts nuts liquor stores everywhere (laughs) so nuts new cannabis laws take effect across the U S with the new year Uh, Montana retail uh, cannabis sales for adults 21 and older start. January 1st, the results of the 2020 voter-approved initiative and the work of lawmakers to finalize the rules for the program. All right, Montana, baby. Uh, Louisiana, lawmakers took up numerous cannabis reform proposals during the 2021 session, including one to decriminalize cannabis that took effect in August. Another new law that goes into effect January 1st would vastly expand the state's medical cannabis program by giving patients access to flower cannabis products. Hell yeah. Go for you, Louisiana. As it currently stands, patients are able to vape cannabis preparations via a metered dose inhaler, but they cannot access whole plant flour and smoking is not allowed. An effort... It's so weird. uh, An effort in the legislature to pass a bill to legalize recreational cannabis stalled in the House this session after the chamber failed to pass complementary measures on taxing adult-use cannabis. Uh, Governor John Bel Edwards did say in May, however, that he believes the reform is going to happen in Louisiana eventually. California. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill in September that will require hospitals to permit medical cannabis use by certain patients. That goes in, into effect on Saturday. Uh, the bill sponsors uh, Senator Ben Huso had been pushing for his measures to allow cannabis use in medical facilities for terminally ill patients over multiple sessions. Newsom viewed an early version of, of concern about the potential federal repercussions for medical institutions that permitted such consumption, but those concerns were evidently uh passed. So uh, crazy. You can give somebody an opioid, and but you can't give somebody something that's actually good for them. Mm-hmm. So weird. Uh, Colorado. As of January 1st, Colorado medical cannabis patients will be limited to pershing up to eight grams of concentrate per day. The previous limit was 40 grams of concentrated daily. Man, that's man. we talked about that a couple times. The law taking effect represents one of the most significant changes to the state's medical cannabis program since its enactment with the intent of deterring people from using high-potency products. A patient will be able to buy more than a daily amount if the doctor certifies that it's medically necessary and they have uh, a designated primary dispensary to obtain medicine. Dispensaries will also uh, be required to uh, provide educational materials to patients, including a pamphlet that will be distributed at the point of sale to provide guidance and warnings about the use of cannabis concentrates. Additionally, medical cannabis businesses couldn't Advertise directly to people age 18 to 20, and any advertising for concentrates will have to include a warning about the risk of overconsumption. Arkansas. Two cannabis measures will be effective in Arkansas starting January 1st. The first will allow the out-of-state medical cannabis patients to access the state's program. Awesome. Awesome. Purchase cannabis for up to 90 days. The other will make it so the doctors can issue medical cannabis recommendations via telehealth services. Meanwhile, there are several efforts underway in the state to place the question of cannabis legalization before voters in 2022 ballot. Now, this is just Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, not the whole state. Starting on January 1st, many employees in Philadelphia will no longer be able to require applicants to be drug-tested for cannabis as a condition of their employment. Nice. The local policy, which is similar to the rules that are placed in New York, is being implemented in a state lawmaker's work to advance other cannabis reforms, including legalization in Pennsylvania. There are exemptions uh, to the new policy, however, for law enforcement, personal, uh, law enforcement personnel, people with a commercial driving license, those caring for medical patients, children, and people with disabilities. Philadelphia voters separately approved a ballot referendum last month that urges state lawmakers to enact legalization. All right, man, that's great stuff. Some new laws coming at you. So, we just got some new hemp shirts, and we love them. We did. Yeah, f- you fucking wore one for like four days straight. Well, <laughs>
1: I washed it between.
0: Yeah, it was so comfy. Yeah, yeah.
1: tell us about some crazy benefits. I have nine crazy benefits of hemp fabric. Knowing that there are some cool benefits of hemp-based products, such as hemp protein powders and foods, what about the benefits of hemp fabric? Uh, Hemp fabric has a wide range of benefits, from being better for your health to being longer-lasting. The challenge is that few people know about these benefits and why hemp is such a great source for clothing, rope, personal accessories, and more. What is hemp fabric? Well, it is, hemp is a botanical variety that is cultivated from the cannabis plant. It contains very low levels of THC, and due to that, it's very, it is legal to sell many hemp products worldwide. There are various hemp products on the market from food to fabrics. Hemp fabric is made using the stalks of cannabis plants and was first derived in Asia and the Middle East. It has been recently recognized for its profound benefits. It is made using the outer layer of the stalk, which offers rope-like fibers. These are stripped and processed into ropes or yarn, and then, when complete, it offers a similar texture to cotton. On that note, let's take a look at the crazy benefits that you probably aren't aware of. Number one, it's naturally pest-resistant. Hemp is a natural botanical known to repel bugs and pests. It is therefore considered to be a great option for those who want to use pest-free products. You won't have to worry about your fabrics being infested with pets. I don't know. With pests. I'm sorry. I don't know why. I guess mosquitoes. Yeah. Like gnats. That kind of thing if you're outside. And other layers of stalks. Yeah. you won't oh boy you you won't have to worry about your fabrics being infested with pests and the outer layer of stalks is used which is the most repellent part of the plant Number two, it is durable and stronger. Hemp is considered to be one of the strongest natural plant fibers on the market for making fabric. It is four times more durable than other natural fibers and therefore can withstand more pressure and tension. For instance, if you're looking to create an extremely durable rope from natural materials, then hemp fabric is a good answer. Thanks to it being more durable and withstanding, it is much stronger. Therefore, it will be ideal for anyone looking to make bags or pouches that need to carry or transport heavy materials. The natural hemp fibers are also resistant to mold, which will help the fabric stay in better condition for longer to offer reduced damage and better reliability. Number three, it's longer lasting. On the topic of being resistant to mold, hemp fibers are considered to be much longer lasting than other natural fibers. Seeing as the fibers are strong and durable, they are less easy to damage and rip apart, which will mean that whatever you make with the hemp fabric will last you a long time. Number four, it's all natural. Hemp is derived from the cannabis plant, which is a naturally grown plant. It contains the legal amount of THC, a very minimal amount of 0.3% or less. If you're someone who likes to use natural materials, then hemp is a great answer. Five, it's highly absorbent and breathable. Hemp materials are great at absorbing moisture, which makes them a great material if you want to make something breathable. It's a great option for clothing and will feel as close to cotton as you can imagine after being processed. Six, it doesn't smell. Due to the hemp fabric... Yeah, I
0: know that because you wore that short for four days. Oh, (laughs) shut up.
1: Get out of here. I did. It was just so freaking comfortable. And I was just like, I wanted to see like if... If it got all stretched out and funky and it didn't, it's kind of like a mixture of cotton and, like, (laughs) a pure linen. Oh, shush, Mr. Weedman. Shush. (laughs) All right. I'm moving on. Number six, it doesn't smell. Yes, I didn't smell. You can wear your shirt for four days and you won't smell. (laughs) Due to the hemp fabric being more breathable and easily absorbent, it is less likely to smell. Therefore, it's a great option for making clothes as the material won't cling onto dirt or sweat and end up smelling after a few hours of wearing or a few days. <laughs> Thanks to it being breathable. And it wasn't four days. It was like a Saturday Sunday. Now I'm getting all sensitive <laughs> about it. Like Our listeners are going to be like, gross, Mrs. Weedman, wash your shirt. <laughs> Thanks to it being breathable and non-smelly, this makes it easy to care for and will require less frequent washings. So there you have it. Don't wash it all the time. Washing machines have a significant impact on the environment and the need to use them less will further enhance the sustainability of the fabric. Seven, it is sustainable and renewable. Thanks to the cannabis plant being natural and easy to harvest, hemp fabric is extremely sustainable. With the world looking to, more, to be more sustainable, hemp fabric is a great option to produce clothes, bags, ropes, and more. Instead of using man-made synthetic materials, it is best to use naturally derived sources such as hemp as they have minimal impact on the environment. Moreover, hemp is a highly renewable resource. Renewable resources are best for the environment as they can be naturally grown. Hemp can be grown in many countries across the world. Anywhere the right heat and humidity can produce hemp. The botanical grows fast and around three times a year in the right climate, which means that a lot of hemp fabric can be made to replace non-renewable options. Number eight, it's antimicrobial. Using hemp fabric is highly beneficial for your health as much as the environment thanks to its antimicrobial properties. Manufacturers have found that hemp has secondary metabolites, which regulate and deter bacteria so that the fabric maintains its condition and safety. With bacteria rates increasing, it's a good idea to use fabrics that offer antibacterial and antimicrobial properties to maintain your health and safety. 9. Minimal environmental damage. Due to the easy and simple process processing of hemp into fabric, there is minimal damage to the environment when making rope, clothing, and more. From cultivation to creating products, there is little manual labor needed to make hemp fabric, which makes it a better option for the health of our environment. Hemp is a remarkable material. It's all natural and offers as many health benefits as it does for the environment. With it being strong, long-lasting, breathable, and non-smelly, it is a great option for use for fabrics. It will feel much like cotton when processed correctly, which gives you even more reason to use natural and sustainable resources, like hemp, to produce your clothes. With people turning to more eco-friendly and sustainable options for their everyday lifestyles, hemp fabric will likely rise in popularity in years to come. The likes of hemp food and beauty products have recently increased in demand. Therefore, hemp fabric is likely right behind it, thanks to its crazy health and environmental benefits.
0: In that shirt, Mrs. Weedman. In that shirt. Yeah, I'm going to get more of them. (laughs) was nice. (laughs) Nice. International news. Ontario legal cannabis sales outpaced black market for the first time. Wow, that's huge. More recreational cannabis users in the province are buying their bud legally than on the black market, according to the Ontario Cannabis Stores. Uh, that's first time legal sales have outpaced illegal sales in Ontario since legalization in October 2018, attributing to Numbers of Statistics uh, Canada, which uh, collects extensive cannabis market data. This past quarter marked the opening of the province, and despite the COVID-19 pandemic continuing to affect many areas of the economy, significant progress was made in cannabis marketplace. Between July 1st and September 30th, 54% of Ontario cannabis sales were made either on OCS's websites or on the Providence's 1,115 legal retailers. Ooh, that's a lot. Last quarter, uh, legal recreational cannabis sales amounted to just over 47% growing from just 19% in Q4 of 2019. Ontario's legal cannabis market continues to grow like a weed. The province remains Canada's leader in pot sales, amounting to 39% of the total sales in Canada up to 2.7% from last quarter, selling a record of 56 million grams. Alberta came in second with 17%, followed by Quebec with 15%. Uh, Recreational pot sales amounted just under $394 million in Q3 of 2021, at a 28% increase from last quarter. $17.5 sold through uh, OCS.ca and the Balance VI retail stores. A little over half of all cannabis sales were dried flower, with pre-rolls and vapes coming in second and third, respectively. While interest in edibles, which includes baked goods, chocolate, hard candies, and soft chews, only amounted to 5% of the sales this quarter. Interest in the long, slow high is gaining. Concentrates such as hash, shattered uh, distillates, and wax amounted to three percent, which other pro- with other products, including oils, beverages, capsules, seeds, and topicals, amounted to two percent or less of all state sales. Good for you. That's great. Our friends to the north getting it done with weed. Uh, Pakistan government officials harvest nation's first legal hemp crops. I can't wait to get some hash imported one day from where it all started. Pakistan, Afghanistan. I want your hash. So good for you. First harvest. Love it. Thailand was the capital of Thailand. Bangkok, Bali. Oh Oh my gosh. Plans to legalize cannabis consumption. Please tell me it's in the same country. (laughs) Plans to legalize cannabis consumption. Carrying and home cultivation in 2022. Oh my God, it's awesome. The Ministry of Public Health of Thailand stated that. Bali
1: is Indonesia.
0: I didn't tell you. I knew I didn't want to bust your bubble. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Oh, I'm sorry, folks. How far is that from Thailand? As reported by the Bangkok Post, the country had already removed cannabis stems and branches oh, from God, a list of... Oh, God, it's so
1: far away. It's not even <laughs> anywhere
0: near it. It's <laughs> substances that kept flowers Jeez. and buds. However, the new narcotics which came into force last Thursday and no longer includes cannabis and hemp. Hell, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, cannabis and hemp in Thailand, the only exception to the new rule is that CBD extracts with a THC percentage higher than 0.2% will not be allowed. So, in the meantime, once the new narcotic schedule comes into effect, all cannabis-derived products, uh, such as oil, soap, cosmetics, and supplements, which normally have less than 0.2% THC, will be authorized in the country. Man, they're gonna fucking, man, I want some Thai sticks! Give me Thai sticks, Thailand! I'm excited! Thai sticks coming, imported from Thailand... Mm, 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 mm. Who are the nine richest people in the cannabis industry right now, Mrs. Weedman?
1: Nobody I know.
0: I know. Oh, yeah, I knew one person on there. Two, like three. Like the name. Yeah. You don't know them. No, no, I don't know any of them personally. They're not like sitting in the basement no. having a joint no, with you. No, no, but we knew. Our, I knew most of their names.
1: Well, I'm going to read over this article about the nine richest people in the cannabis
0: industry. And they're and it's legal. The legal the cannabis bright. industry. Right, yeah. Yes, so. yes, yes. Well,
1: yeah. Right. Uh the recreational and medicinal cannabis industry or medical cannabis industry has made great strides in the United States and Canada throughout the past few years. According I feel like this weed is making me talk like I'm really down. It's making it like I am I slow right now.
0: You should have took two, three more hits. No.
1: I did. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> I, I'm slowly processing.
0: <laughs> so wait, so right. wait before you start mm-hmm. on the pu- on the Frank Gallagher meter what do you call that? A one for for drinking rosé by a tree it's about in the sun. A, it's about a two. or is it a five puffer? Where you uh,
1: end up in the alley? You no, know,
0: well, first with you, your, you, pants you you down. go out all night. And you don't remember what happens, and you wake up in a park somewhere with something stuck up your ass. Right. <laughs> That's the Frank Gallagher Shameless puffer meter. So, what do you put this weed at? What's your puffer meter? <laughs> it's a two. It's like two glasses it's a two of rosé. Two.
1: <laughs> if you don't watch Shameless. The most recent season of shameless episode one takes place during the pandemic. And so everyone's trying to come up with alternative ways to make some money because their their jobs are shut down. And so at the local bar, they decide to start selling pot and And but you can't do that because that's not legal. So whatever. It's shameless because they're always doing things against the law. Right.
0: Outsiders love them.
1: So they've got their kids rolling joints for them. It's all crazy. And then they're selling the joints and brownies and things in the bar. And so Frank, who is like the neighborhood drunk and also the father of like the main family in the show, wanders into the bar drunk and then proceeds to ask the bartender, who is his neighbor, to give him one of the joints, right? And there's some customers in there and they're asking about which joint they should buy. And then Frank says... Well, tell like h- tell them how strong it is. Do they know about the Frank Gallagher? Meat, Gallagher, puff-a-meter. like his last name is Gallagher. So, like, do you know about the Frank Gallagher a Meter? And so his way of of clarifying how strong a weed is is if is it one puff and it it's one puff and it's like a glass of rose and then if it's like five, if it five puffs puff. and you're like upside down and you don't even know where you came from and it's it's totally like going
0: out all night not remembering what you did and wake yeah. up in a park somewhere with something stuck up your ass so,
1: <laughs> without seeing it knowing these characters it might not sound so funny but you should like youtube and just, find just watch clip. that. Up. just it's watch that up.
0: oh yeah it was great yeah,
1: yeah. so uh we've got some Wealthy to-doers in the legal cannabis industry. Uh, According to a report from Leafly, cannabis is now the fifth most valuable crop in the United States. This phenomenal growth in the cannabis industry has allowed investors and business people alike to rack up significant profits in the space. Here are nine of the richest people in cannabis. Number nine is Bruce Linton, chairman and founder of Collective Growth Corporation, which is an influential investor in the cannabis and psychedelic space. He has a reported net worth of $80 million, according to Celebrity Net Worth. Number eight, we all know Snoop Dogg.
0: do double yo.
1: Co-founder of Casa Verde Capital, which is, uh, he's widely known for his musical hits, but has recently used his success from record sales To start up new business ventures in cannabis, Snoop co-founded Casa Verde Capital, an investment fund with a portfolio worth more than 200 million. Snoop Dogg's net worth is around 150 million. Yeah. Uh, number seven is Andrew Modlin, MedMen co-founder. MedMen is a cannabis company with more than 25 retail stores and six cultivation facilities. Modlin's ne- net worth is estimated to be around $50 million. Uh, six is Terry Booth, co-founder of Aurora Cannabis Booth. Uh, I'm sorry, co-founder of Aurora Cannabis Booth, who co-founded Aurora Cannabis in 2013, later acquired Canamed Therapeutics for more than $1 billion Canadian dollars. This made Aurora one of the largest cannabis companies in the world. At one point, Booth held a stake worth more than $90 million in Aurora. Number five, John Cervini, founder of the Afira, Af- Afria, founder of Afria, APHRIA, a Canadian-based cannabis company. The Cervini family owned a greenhouse business and grew peppers and tomatoes. But John Cervini wisely saw an opportunity to grow cannabis. At one point, Cervini held a stake worth more than 100 million in Aphria. Dang, I guess that blew the tomatoes and peppers away. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Irwin Simon, CEO of Tilray. Tilray is one of the largest cannabis. Cannabis companies in the world. Simon pulls in a tremendous annual salary of more than one of. Oh, Lord. This is a stumper. We can't smoke this. I'm good on this. Go ahead. Maybe it's. Or just take one puff. It's you. Yeah. Simon pulls in a tremendous annual salary of more than $10 million. His net worth is estimated to be around $50 million. Nicholas Kovacevich, founder of. Kushko founded in 2010 before cannabis was legalized at any level in the United States. Kushko focuses on packaging products uh, f- such as cannabis oils, edibles and more. Kovachevich earns a salary of nearly 1 million a year. His estimated net worth is around 15 million. Number 2, here's a name a lot of people know, Seth Rogen, actor and founder of Houseplant, who's famous for comedy movies such as Superbad and Neighbors. Recently, he ventured into the cannabis space with his company, Houseplant. While most of his millions did not come from cannabis, uh, Rogan's estimated $80 million net worth makes him one of the richest people in the cannabis industry. And number one is Brendan Kennedy. He is the co-founder of Private Holdings and former CEO of Tilray. When Tilray's stock was at an all-time high, Kennedy's net worth was more than $2 billion, according to Bloomberg. After the stock crashed, his net worth dropped to about two hundred million. In twenty nineteen, Kennedy earned a salary of more than three million from Tilray. Too bad he didn't sell out when it was high. Yeah, right. Twenty twenty. Wait. Hindsight is twenty twenty.
0: There it is. Dwayne Wade announces cannabis limited edition line with Jeter. So Dwayne Wade, former basketball player, is getting involved in the cannabis industry a little bit and doing a little bit of like a kind of like an evergreen, kind of like a just like a limited release edition of cannabis. So good for Dwayne Wade getting in. Great basketball player for uh, the Miami Heat. Um, good bat, really good basketball player. So, oh man, that's the end of the show. Oh, oh, oh! Guess what else it is? It's the
1: end of the year. I know. This There's is our like-
0: last show of 2021.
1: There's literally twenty eight hours left in the year twenty twenty one, right at this moment. Hopefully
0: we can get this out in time. <laughs> yeah, I hope that
1: you guys are listening to this before, before the new year. But if not bang pots and pans. <laughs> if not,
0: happy new year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy fucking new year. Smoke some big fat joints. Lay some big fat clouds and just have some fun. Let it all out. 2021 was just as fucked up as 2022, but I think we got a little bit better. No,
1: it, it was just as uh, fucked tw- up as 2020. 2020. Yeah, <laughs> 2022 better be yeah, better. <laughs> better be a lot better. I think it will be. And
0: and blessings and favor and love and peace and happiness and kindness in 2022. And good health. And good health and good motherfucking weed. Yeah. Better weed. Yeah. Free the plant yeah. in 2022. Amen. Free the fucking plant in 2022 because if it doesn't happen soon, they're just going to keep on controlling it. So free the fucking plant. Educate people on cannabis. Okay? Love one another out there. Happy New Year. 2020, 2022. 2020, <laughs> 2022.
1: 2020, It's
0: going to be a great year. We got a lot of great stuff coming out for everybody out there. Be ready for it all. So excited for, for what the Weedman 420 Chronicles. Thank you to Pauly, Dovboy, T and Shotty, the producer. We've had a great 2021. Going for 2022. Thank you to all our listeners in the world. Happy New Year. We love you, wee man You got anything else to say?
1: Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. As Pauly always says, smoke smart. Puff, puffing away.
1: Puff, puff pass.